Warning, the views expressed on the Daily Second are based solely on questionable research or might just be totally made up due to laziness, and by no means should be taken to heart nor assumed accurate. None of the hosts, guests, reprobates, or anyone else connected with the show in any way whatsoever can be responsible for your actions because you are an adult and responsible for how you act. The Daily Second hosts assume no responsibility because the contents of this program is poorly compiled by two individuals who no one should be listening to. Viewer and listener, discretion is strongly advised. Now let's join our hapless heroes. So here we are. I'm Nate. On the other side of the screen, facing me, looking pretty, is my buddy Yehuda. And he is known as the Pew Pew Jew, as it says on his shirt. Now, I'm not good about talking about myself, and he's not good about talking about himself. But we're here to talk about 2A, Second Amendment stuff. We're here to talk about gun things. We did talk to many guests over the last couple months about their experiences with guns their lifestyles and who they are now we're going to travel back in time and talk about who we are to introduce you to us so that way you understand what's happening in future shows that happened in the past are you following who's on first what's on second so who's on third <laughs> so with that said one of us can be doctor who and the other one can be the assistant or the uh you know whatever but here's the gist of it. We both come from a serious background and a comedian background. And we both come at this with a pure passion for the firearms industry and a strong belief that everyone should totally be allowed, as long as they're legally allowed, to um, own firearms and to understand how they work, how to be safe with them, and to go and put holes in paper or make steel safe. Correct? 100%. There we go. He's got his gun. Oh, I'm in Canada. They're trying to take ours away. So, <laughs> uh, on that note, your background, my friend, with firearms is you didn't get into them until a little bit later in life, about 26, correct? Yeah, pretty much much later in my life. And I, you're for Yeah, I, I mean, I basically grew up in Los Angeles, right? And in in the mecca of liberal Hollywood, you know, I grew up in the apolitical family and the only people who I thought were allowed to own firearms were police, military, and bad guys, right? I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't grow up, I didn't grow up, like I said, apolitical, right? I didn't grow up understanding the constitution. I didn't even know what the constitution was. I took everything for granted. I lived in America. I was a spoiled little LA boy. Um, and I'm, I'm the first to admit that. But at a certain point in my life, and then I, I even know the, I mean, the exact time that there was a switch that was flipped on in my head. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I began learning about the constitution, paying attention. And that's when I found the second amendment. And I was like, holy crap, civilians can own firearms? It's like, what? Um, so, it, you know, that, that's what began my journey into the firearms industry. And there's a lot more, but that, that's basically the, in, in short, you know, the, the, how I got into it. Or the that's the gist of it. Yeah. Okay. 
So mine's quite a different story, um, obviously, because we want to keep this interesting. And uh, <laughs> the I didn't grow, grow up in LA. I grew up in Canada, and in Canada we have a charter of rights and freedoms. We don't have uh, a constitution, okay? Which is kind of detrimental to to a lot of things in this country um, because it's only 35 years old. Our, our charter of rights and freedoms, um, I'm older than it by five years. So when I was five years old, all of a sudden the world changed in Canada. Uh, at the time, growing up, uh, GI Joe was a big thing and you know Saturday morning cartoons and after-school cartoons and growing up as a latchkey kid you know with the little key on the shoelace around your neck and being home alone or whatever cartoons was that that entertainment and your learning experience so I learned a lot from GI Joe because you know knowing is half the battle and uh, so that reminds me of a funny story for a later time so Growing up and seeing Transformers and G.I. Joe and seeing people um, in uniform, firearms stuff, and, and it was always told guns are bad. Like I wasn't even allowed to own G.I. Joe's because um, the parental unit was useless and, and had, um, you know, uh, issues. So I would sneak and my friends would have G.I. Joe's and I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. And I was interested in their gear and their loadouts and stuff. I wasn't, I didn't really care about their little guns and things like that because GI Joe's didn't kill each other. They just, you know, suppress a fire to make Cobra stop doing what they were doing. So later on in life, right. I got into, uh, sports shooting through biathlon and then I got into the military. So my first firearms experience was when I was, um, a teenager getting in my teens and in a competitive setting and a controlled sports and then getting into the military it was like okay these are guns they're a tool like there was no um animosity or fear or anything like that it was just these are a tool because i'd gone through the sports system of shooting and then getting into the military and doing that stuff and then like you um I didn't realize that civilians could own all these fun things or, or whatever because all my stuff had been sports or military. And then when I got out of the military, I was like, huh, I wonder what I'm allowed to own. And then I found out that in Canada, we're allowed to own M203 grenade launchers. Yes, you talked about that, but let's be honest. I will talk about that in other shows, so I, I won't talk about it now. I, yeah, it drives, me every, it drives me crazy every time you bring that up because you can have M203s, but you can't use them, so they're useless. Yes, they are literally a big paperweight because we don't have the ammo uh, legally available to us, right? Because you need to have another license for that. So on that note, I got into, um, I veered away from the firearms industry and stuff. Like I had nothing to do with it when I got out of the military. Um, I did consulting work for security companies and everything and just kind of got dragged back into um, the shooting world. And here in Canada, again, our Charter of Rights and Freedoms were very limited to what we can uh, teach and what we can do and we, you know, we don't have castle law. We don't have self-defense. You know, if you defend yourself with pepper spray, um, you're basically going to jail too for assault. And it's, it's, it's just a really mucky system, right? So the culture up here is completely different. And then I started working, uh, with people like yourself down in the States and doing these crossovers and realized 
wow, we are behind the times. Um, because like you said earlier, only criminals, police officers and military had guns. That's the perception, right? right? And that's what a lot of people perceive, you know, and the intent that you and I talked about for the show is that we want people's awareness to grow about second amendment, the Canadian charter rights and freedoms. Like we want North America to be understanding that there is rights that you're allowed to have that you don't know about that you should know about. Right. Correct. Yeah. I mean, human, and, human rights. Pardon me? Human rights. It has nothing to do with the paper. It's just the right to self-defense. Exactly. And um, right now in this climate where we have all these people and there, there's a political aspect to this show. You know, I don't agree with everybody's beliefs um, that is that infringe on other people's beliefs. And, you know, some controversy things might spill forth from my face hole or yours. It, it's going to happen. Okay. Especially in topics like this. And when we have a group of individuals that are so adamantly and bullyingly uh, and misinformation, like just, just so intensely going out there and I, I want to say lying, uh, but lying would pre present that they actually know what they're saying to be false. I, I would say they're lying. Yeah. Well, to, to, to be honest, it is a lie. Are they knowingly lying or are they just that I, I, naive? I think in America as well as Canada right now, I mean, it's 2020. I have no doubts that they know exactly what they're saying yeah. and they are 100% lying. I mean, you have to be literally be living with your head in the ground, you know, to, to yes. not understand everything that's going on. It really is a power grab. Oh, and, it really is. And, and that's the thing. If you know it's a power grab, then clearly their stance on restricting your gun rights is a knowing lie. It's not a, I didn't realize what I was saying. Yeah, it's not an oopsie. Right, um, they, they know what they're doing because they want the power. Yeah, and that's what it is, right? When we look back at uh, Venezuela 10 years ago and compare it to what's happening here in Canada right now, there's some shocking similarities and I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat. I'm just looking at the details that these things are similar. Right. And when we talk about the knowingness and the history repeating itself, Oh no, that will never happen. People that say that, no, that will never happen are living with their heads in the sand. Okay. Because the facts of what's actually going on, like you said, the knowing uh, power grab, when we, we look at um, the Simpsons. Okay. They have predicted so many things that have come true. Um, and right now there's a meme that keeps popping up about when it comes to the Simpsons and gun, gun ownership. There's the picture of the revolver and somebody trying to put a mag into the pistol grip of it. Now, some of the people from the Simpsons said, yeah, we did that knowingly poking fun at the intelligence level of non-gun owners, right? And... I always wonder what their political stance is, but if you, if you think about it, uh, social media is now the new, uh, information source, be it factual or fictional, right? So we've got to that fake news and stuff. And with that 
clip or, or that magazine being put into there, that clip from the Simpsons, that is two edged. That's showing people that don't know what they're talking about, that things are bad and crazy and, 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 and misinformation, but it's also the meme of, Hey, you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you shouldn't say what you're saying. Yes, that's definitely a very accurate portrayal of many of the anti-gunners um, in the world today. Yes. Um, so what I want to say is I've taken many anti-gun people to the range. Uh, they've come up to me and they're like, hey, Nate, you know, I feel safe with you. Uh, let's, let's go to the range and I want to try shooting, you know. So do I go, ha, 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 you know, you're, you don't like guns and put, you know, a 50 cal Desert Eagle in their hands to try that? No, no, I don't. I put a 22 in their hands and let them fire that up and build it up because my intent is to show them that it's not that bad or scary, you know, and that it's not going to damage you or attack you or uh, what's that show? Um, Emilio Estevez back in the day, Maximal Overdrive, where all the machines, you, you don't know that one? Uh, I'll be honest. And if you want to know something about me, that my, basically my parents took away the TV when I was five. Oh. So I did not grow up watching any TV to the point where I, that's how I got my creativity. Okay. Now we don't have a TV in my house. If my kids want to watch something, they can watch it on the iPad. Okay. So I, I'm plus majority of TV today sucks. Oh, so much. So <laughs> that's why you should be listening and watching our show all the time because it's not TV and it does not suck. It's your public service announcement inside our show. <laughs> so here, I'll break maximum overdrive down for you. It's and no spoilers, just, you know, uh, basically what happens is the planet goes through a comet's magnetic field and all machinery becomes sentient. Okay. Okay. So vending machines, um, and this is older, right? So electric knives, blenders, things like that, they all become sentient and try to kill humans. Okay. Sounds like a horrible movie from the sci-fi channel. It's amazing. It's like, <laughs> it's great. I, it, it really is good. Uh, um, I might so, actually search this out though. I, it's worth it. Do it. And we can talk about it later beforehand. Um, so, and that's the perception that a lot of people have about guns is that they have this, this mind of their own, that they're just going to come to life and destroy everybody and yep. that's kind of and if people say no that's not what we think bullshit because you blame the gun every time something goes on whenever somebody whenever a human being decides to do something bad with that tool then there we they blame the gun right um when i was in the military if there was an incident where a firearm uh, or one of the guys weapons um, had they had an ND or or something, we would always quarantine the gun, not because we thought it was possessed, but to 
go through it and make sure there was no mechanical failures with it. Okay. But, there was and, no issues. Right. And if there was nothing wrong with it, then we would go to the individual and say, okay, you screwed up because there's nothing wrong with your weapon. You did this, you own this. That doesn't happen. You know, these anti-gun people just look at us, go see, that's gun. You know, um, when we look at drunk, drunk drivers, they don't blame the alcohol, right? They blame the driver. Yep. So why are we doing that with firearm incidents? Why aren't we holding people accountable to that instead of just a blanket statement? Like their rationale doesn't make sense to me. And that's the problem is that I have with what they're doing is it's so unrational and they're bullying. Remember that kid in school who would come and pick on you because they were having problems at home? Yeah. And that they had no other way to vent it. So they would just pick at you. I think and this would be like, prove me wrong, anti-gun people, is you're getting picked on somewhere else, so now you're bullying law-abiding gun owners. No, it's funny, because I don't, I don't see it that way. No? I, honestly, I honestly don't see it that way. I don't think they're being bullied anywhere else. I think that they are ignorant to facts, and even if they have the facts, look, let's be honest. Wouldn't we all love to live in a world where guns weren't necessary? Right. Well, at least, at least for self-defensive uses. Right. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who doesn't want to live in a utopian society where your kids, you know, 30 years ago, your kids can go outside from nine in the morning till 6 PM and you don't see them hear from them, but you know, some, somehow, some way they're eating lunch somewhere. They're with friends. They're good. And no one's trying to take them. Yes. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that kind of life? Unfortunately, we don't live in that sort of world anymore. So people, anti-gunners, want to take away the, the tool that we use to make sure that we can stay free. They're putting their faith in government to keep us safe. And I think what that's what it is. I, I don't think that they're being bullied. I think it's that they don't trust maybe maybe they don't trust themselves with firearms so then if they don't trust themselves you know they can't trust anybody else or they just find it scary and like anything that's scary you know no one they, they don't want to have to see it or deal with it because it makes them uncomfortable so what do they do they try to lobby to get guns taken away as much as possible but yeah but, but I, don't, I don't think, I really don't think it's, it's a matter of them being bullied from somewhere else so they have to bully us. Okay. I mean, because I, I think it's, like I said, it's more of just an irrational fear. Because how many times have you taken someone who might be anti-gun to the range and after maybe 20 minutes of putting, you know, 22 in their, in, in their hands and they're like, wow, this isn't that bad. Yeah. No, I mean, it's happened numerous times. I think it really is more of a, a like I said, a, um, I can't think of the right word that I just used a second ago. God, I told you I'm tired before this. Um, <laughs> uh, irrational fear. Irrational fear, yes. Of, of the firearms. And also keep in mind, it's also because the media pushes this narrative that 
guns are the worst things in the world. And yeah. So, yeah. What, what what is their agenda if we if we get like because you touched on this if we have no more self defense firearms okay and everybody's like because here in Canada the the thing is is if something happens somebody breaks in your house call the cops and wait right the expression I'd rather be uh, judged by twelve than carried by six yep. uh, rings true through me so if somebody's coming in to hurt or or do something bad in my house, I'm going to use whatever force necessary to prevent that. You know? Right. Um, so what is, what is their plan? How are they going to defend us? Uh, these, they, protect they, us? They, they, they don't see they, here's the thing, right? The media, for example, right? They're all a bunch of self-righteous egotistical elitists, right? So they think, that, oh, well, we can get rid of all the guns. The government will be in control, but we're elitists. We're in the upper echelons of the, the who's who. So we're going to be protected. We don't have to worry. The common people, eh, they're, they're common. They're not yeah. on our level. That's really the mindset. That's why you have all of these anti-gun celebrities as well as media members walking around with armed security they think they are better than us but they what? still have armed security right but they because they can afford it if we get to that level they would have no problem with us paying armed security but you and me we can't afford a guy walking around with us with you know with a little micro uzi under his trench coat you know yeah. a little earpiece in the black uh black aviators or whatever you want to call it right we we can't afford that. So what do we do? We buy a gun, we train, and we defend ourselves, right? Yes. You're, your own, you're your own first line of defense. But the media and, and the Hollywood celebrities and even a lot of the politicians, they are elitists. And that's exactly what it is. They think they are better than us. They think they are more important than us. But didn't, didn't Michael Bloomberg in the town hall get called out for that? Did you, did you see that? No, I didn't see that one, but you had told me about it. Yeah, some, some guy in the audience basically said, like, who are you to say that we can't own? He's like, well, you know, some more people want to kill me than you. And he, the guy's like, screw you. So, like, at the end of the day, it really comes down to, like, this elitist mentality. Yeah. And, and that's where I think that's what the end game is. They want government control. Because Oh, by, yeah. But specifically because by having government control and them being on the side of government and pushing this, this you know, left-leaning narrative, they think that whoever is, you know, Obama's president, well, Obama's our friend. He's the commander-in-chief, which means, you know, we're safe. We're good. We're going to be – we're part of the cool crowd. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think the end game is. So basically, it's yeah. it's like the old high school cliques. Yeah, it, yeah. It, in in essence, yes. You know, um, you have the elitist crowd. You know, the the mean girls and and uh, the jocks who yeah. think that they're better than everybody else. I, I mean, but for some reason, though, as much as I say that, I just can't keep getting what's his name out of my head from um, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yes. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. As I'm saying that, I'm like, yeah, maybe not all the jocks are elitist. Because I, I just keep seeing that guy. I forgot his name. But uh, I just keep yeah. seeing him. Nerds. Yelling nerds. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it is, is we talk about this. There, it does not make sense. If they wanted to actually protect and be honest about um, keeping people safe, the money would go to border patrol. It would go to policing and stuff. Like right now there's, we look at, uh, what is it? New Zealand's gun ban and how much money they're putting into it and what Canada's trying to do now and how much they're looking to spend. We're talking billions of dollars that should go to policing because it's not the legal firearms owners that are the problems. It is the illegal stuff. So instead of punishing, um, so it's like this. It's like the insurance game. Your car insurance is based off the statistics of all the bad drivers out there and everything, right? Right. Including your own. So every time a unlicensed driver who's got no insurance has a car accident, car accident, excuse me, the issue then becomes more premiums for everybody else to pay for that mistake. Well, that's what's happening here is we're being punished for every unlicensed, unlawful crime out there. Right. Society, that shouldn't be the, the way it should be. We should be, okay, you guys are lawful, you're good, high five, here's your bonus or whatever for being a good person. Like like uh, the car companies that are like, hey, you you followed the speed limit, you did this, you did that, you're, you haven't had a car accident in five years, we're making your, your rates lower. Right. That's, that's the way it should be. You're gun owners. You guys have owned guns. You're doing good. You're not criminals. You're fine over here. Let's attack the problem. Um, another another form to, to look at it is you get cancer in your left arm, but you're going to cut off your right arm to prevent cancer from getting there. Well, it's like, what's the, what's the, that famous, it's not a famous meme, but I, it makes me laugh every time I see it. Um, the one that says, We'll give up our guns to prevent violence when you cut off your dick to prevent rape. That's a good one too. <laughs> you want to hear that one? Like, yeah, like honestly, it makes sense. So, um, what you're going to experience, ladies and gentlemen, or whoever the one listener we get um, over the next series of shows, and then this is going to continue on after that, is you're going to hear us have conversations with some pretty pretty vocal advocates for the industry. We're going to talk about mental health or, or we did talk about mental health who, who see what I did there inception. Um, we talked to uh, firearms comedians, you know, that poke fun at ourselves inside the industry. And we talked to talked to quite a few very interesting people. Competition shooters. Yep, competitive shooters. We got to spend some time really getting to know a lot of good people in the industry, and we have a lot more lined up. And I think so far, one of my favorite shows, hmm, because each one had a different energy to it. So, yeah, honestly, I think one of my favorite shows was though with, um, Rebecca and Mary from One Million Moms Against Gun Control. See, even right now, my face is hurting from that. Just thinking that about was, that show. That, that was a good one. 
was just, I, I don't need, it's, I, I got nothing. Like, <laughs> it, it was just so out of control. But there was like, many good points. Wait, let's talk about, it was like the ultimate controlled chaos. It was. It was, there was blushing, there was giggling, there was valid points, there was loud a lot, noises. A lot of tears of laughter. Yes. Yeah, it was it was a really good show that one. Um, we got to talk to Tundra Tactical. He was fun. Oh yeah, he's, uh, he's always great. We got to talk to a three-time Olympian. That was that was good. Um, the mental health one, I think, was was one because that was more recent too. Um, but that one was really a lot of fun. Even though it was deeply, deeply rooted in the mental health aspect of, of everything, um, that one was a lot of fun too. I, I enjoyed doing that one because um, I do a lot of advocacy for veterans and mental health and stuff like that as well. So that one was really cool. And, and that was, uh, I was with Mike, wasn't it? Yeah, Mike Sedin. Yeah, Mike Sedin. So that, that was really cool. Um, I, I like when you write the commercials and I get to read them and the guest gets to hear them for the first time. Yeah. That's always fun. <laughs> You're watching their reaction and then watching you just shake your head going, Oh, I screwed that up. You know, well, that, that, that's why I think the, the best commercial I ever wrote was the one when we had Mary and, and Rebecca. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, can't believe I, I can't believe I even wrote that. And I can't believe we even said it in front of them, but they were dying. And we got away with it, you know. Away with it. We did get away with it. They thought. And now there's that that um, shirt going around. Do you see the one? Uh, uh, someone photoshopped a shirt of Shannon Watts that says "Moms Demand Action," and there's stick figures uh, <laughs> doing like sex poses on it. Nice. Oh my god! Yeah, that was wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I hope you enjoy what we did, what we're doing, where we're going, where we've been uh, with the show. And the intent is to get, like I said, uh, for you and I to poke fun at this and to bring on guests and talk about firearms in not that robust, we've got this, we know what we're doing, uh, guns are amazing, uh, bravado. We're like, we're like the view of the firearms industry. <laughs> Is that show still on? That's just yes, crazy. Yes, it was. And it was crazy because Shelly Luther, the, the salon owner here in Dallas, who told, yeah. you know, that judge to go himself, um, she was just on the view. Man, did she hold her own. You got to go. It, it went live. Yes, it was it. What's today? Today's Tuesday. When was she on? Friday. Might have been Friday. Might have okay. been Friday. It was fantastic. She just, I mean, they went after her tooth and nail, and she just stood her ground. Nice. So, but yeah, we're 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 like the view, but for guns and better sex appeal. Well, you're more Joy Behar. <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I'll take what I can get. You take what you can get. Yeah. So the 
We do have some sponsors and partners uh, that have jumped onto the show with us. We have uh, Nox Defiance Group. Uh, that's news to me, but yeah. Well, yeah, we, we, we do have some, some partners there. Um, so we're not just, you know, two guys doing crazy shit, um, which we are and we are. stuff. The partners that we've got are uh, 2A supporters and they're in the industry. We've got Lima Charlie Clothing Company. We've got uh, the pewpewjew.com. We've got, um, I'm just trying to remember who else officially said at this time they would jump on. We've got them and there's more to come, um, definitely. So we're excited about that and we'll be doing some commercials for them and some commercials for ourselves. And in closing, to kind of ramp this back down because we went from who we are, how we got into guns, where we're going, what the show did. Because again, this is about time travel. This is our prequel future show. You, you run the pewpewju.com. I do, yes. You're a writer. Um, yes, I've been told that. <laughs> You've put words on the paper that people have looked at. Uh, yes, I've published six books. Only six, but he'll get there. You know, those are yeah. rookie numbers. Yeah, no, they, they are numbers. rookie numbers. No, I'm, I'm still looking, you know, at like Michael Crichton, who's still coming out with books like 10 years after his death. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the dream, right? To still be being published after you're gone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so you're a writer. You are Jewish. Yes. You have a vast network of experiences within the industry and you moving forward, what is your goal with your, this show in, in, in one year? Where do you see this show being or doing or achieving? You know, my, my goal for the show is one of the things that I strive very hard to do within the Jewish community in America, mainly because I'm a big Second Amendment advocate, is to educate Jews on their Second Amendment rights. Jews have a very bad rap of being anti-gun. In a lot of cases, that's true. But then you have some of the gun owners in the country who are Jews who are very quiet about their firearms ownership. Okay. Now, I'm not asking them to, you know, stand on the table and preach to the world, I'm a gun owner. But what I do want to do is make it take away that pariah feeling that Jews might feel in their community if people find out that they're gun owners. I want to educate Jews on their Second Amendment rights. I want to ensure that they understand that it's not just a matter of buying a gun and being pro-gun, but that you need to somehow get involved and defend the Second Amendment because without it, we're going to have another Holocaust. I'm, I, I try to do everything in an educational but fun manner. Um, I have more books to write and all of that. I think having a podcast like what you and I do will show a lot of the Jewish gun owners in the country like, all right, you know, you can be a gun owner and still have fun. Like, you know, so, you know, I, I definitely want, I definitely would like to um, inspire Again, not Jews are one of my main focuses just because I'm an Orthodox Jew. But my goal, obviously, the main goal 
is just defending the second because without it, <laughs> we'd become Canada. And nobody wants that. Now, on that note, um, <laughs> for me, when I got out of the military, um, so being in the military, a lot, and this is worldwide, this is, this is a military mindset um, thing is, you get in and you're handed this rifle. This is your life. This is your everything. Don't go anywhere without it. Don't you lose it. You memorize that serial number. You keep it clean. This is an extension of you. This is the, this is part of your soul now. This is, and it's ingrained into us. Every soldier around the world, that is what is ingrained into you. Um, you know, the Air Force and Navy, it's different. It's, it's you know, not the same thing. But when we talk about soldiering, army infantry that lifestyle that is an extension that is your your third arm your your third eye that is that is yours that is your soul you know that um full metal jacket scene where they're walking around this is my rifle this is my gun one is for shooting one is for fun that is inside your head okay and then when you get out you have to hand in that rifle and you get into the civilian world and you're kind of like lost or whatever and i for me, transitioning to civilian world was challenging because I didn't realize that I had lost a huge part of me because of that conditioning and mantra and lifestyle that I'd lived for many, many years. Um, and then when I got back into the firearms industry, uh, a friend kind of dragged me back into it. And he's like, yeah, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to actually like do stuff with, with guns more. And I was like, huh. And then... I purchased my first, uh, I, I want to make a joke, but it, it's not good. Um, my first AR, you know, which is an armor light rifle, not what everybody else thinks it is. When I got that first, uh, my first civilian one that I purchased, I was like, holy shit, I feel a little bit more whole. And it wasn't like an instant thing like that that I noticed. It was just like, Okay. And then I went to the range more and I started doing the skills and drills again. And I just felt that energy in the house that right. I have something I have, I'm whole again. So where I'm trying to go with this is that my intent is to educate as many people alongside you as possible, because it is something that's helped me deal with my, you know, transitioning from the military and, and that, and for my mental health, it has gone back up, not because I have a gun and I want to go destroy things, but because I have that tool that I understand how to use and go to the range and do things. And I feel whole again, you know, um, I almost want to say that it's like losing an appendage and then getting that prosthesis. You're not a hundred percent again, but it gives you some more functionality. And that's what these firearms are. They're tools. Right. They're just like a hammer. They're just like a skill saw. They're just like, they're, they're a tool and a vehicle to do something with um, and very productive, right? So what you decide to do with your tools, they can be destructive or productive. And firearms, the majority has been productive for me uh, 100% because I'm enjoying being part of that world again and I'm not reclusing myself. So with that said, yeah, we don't want to end up like Canada where everything's being taken away. Um, my goal is to at least change as many minds as we can 
uh, not through brainwashing, but by correct information and positive reinforcement of what these things are. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah, it does. <laughs> well, you know, um, so uh, ultimately that that's the goal. And for the show, you know, getting it out there in front of as many people, plus you and I are both social butterflies. So that chance to bring on a guest every week, make them laugh, tell some jokes, talk about stories and get things going is obviously rewarding too for us, you know. No, for sure. I, I enjoy bringing on um, friends uh, who have had me on their shows or just friends who, you know, I think can bring something to the table, but also like, you know, I, I, I like uh, when you bring a guest too that I don't know and uh, just grows the, the network and makes new friends. So, you know, um, I think this show is going to be fun. I think uh, as we continue to work out the kinks, um, or maybe we don't work show. out. Maybe we don't work them out. We just have a total shit show. I mean, that would be a lot of fun too. Um, <laughs> but no, as we, as we work things out and smooth things out, you know, um, I think it can be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we're bringing, we're bringing two, like there's so many gun podcasts out there, right? But what we're bringing to the table is two very different mindsets than most gun podcasts. Why? Because I'm coming from a background of being apolitical, guns are bad, no one's allowed to have guns, uh, a Jewish background. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming from a place where guns are frowned upon, even though I live in America. And I'm also coming from the fact that I'm the only Orthodox Jew in the advocacy side of the business. Really? Um, okay. There's not, there's very few Orthodox Jews defending the two way on the level that I am. There's a lot of, you have like the Orthodox instructors and, and, you know, maybe people in the industry, you know, you go to SHOT Show, you see a lot of Jews walking around, but they're more on the, the uh, production side, purchasing side, stuff like that. Um, but in terms of the advocacy, I'm one of the only, if not the only outwardly Orthodox Jew defending the two way on a, on a daily basis. So I'm coming from, uh, from that end. Um, and then you're coming from literally a place where you, hell, you guys just got black rifle coffee company stripped away from you because the name was black rifle coffee. I mean, did you see that by the way? Yeah, it's, there's actually, so there was a misprint in what they did, but it was very similar. Uh, so they just basically copied and, did a bunch of uh, copy and paste of the names and everything. And it's just, they're, they're even banning shotguns, which was an air. Um, so now all these people that are like, you know, sports shooters and stuff, they're like, why are you banning our shotguns? Like anything that has an adjustable choke, it's just so ridiculous. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Right. That's where you're right. Exactly. That's where you're coming from. So we're bringing a very unique perspective, I believe to the two way, as well as gun rights in general because of our backgrounds. Yes. And when, when we talk about the firearms community as well, it's very funny because uh, we have our own different types of personalities and stuff inside the industry um, on the gun owner side. 
And one of the ones I ran into right now, and that's why I don't do a lot of stuff uh, with certain people in Canada, is you have the people that they own an AR, so they think they're an operator. And that's kind of the other side of the coin is we want people like that to maybe just, I don't know, gear down a little bit, big rig and, and, and not try so hard. Um, yeah. The statistically, the guys that, uh, are the most vocal, uh, uh, armor light platform style rifle owners or black rifle owners are, you know, those, those out of shape, um, kind of, uh, nerdy guys or whatever, as somebody explained it to me, I, I was kind of like, no, that's not how it is. So I was watching, I was like, yeah, okay. I see who's coming to the range right now and stuff. And <laughs> now if you're an Ipsic fan, uh, well, we're talking about these different personalities. If you like Ipsic, good for you. Okay. You may hear me say some derogatory things about Ipsic throughout the shows, but that is in the past of the future. Okay. So don't judge me on that. I, um, I try not to judge many types of shooting competitions because everybody's entitled to their own safe types of competitions. But if you think that your shooting competition is the end all be all and only thing that matters because you're the best at what that is good for you. I am proud of you for achieving greatness in whatever field of the shooting industry you have achieved. As long as it's not taking the firearms away from the owners. So Ipsic, this is an apology that doesn't mean anything yet. <laughs> well, welcome to the daily second where, uh, what, what's the line from, um, whose line is that anyway? Well, welcome to the show. The rules are made up and the, and the points, points are useless. Matter, exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> welcome to the daily second where the apologies are made up and we don't give a sh right? Exactly. So on that note, this is the daily second. You've been warned. This was the prequel. We've laid the baseline for you. The benchmark is established. I'm Nate. That is my wonderful friend, Yehuda. We are here to talk about your rights to self-defense and firearms ownership. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to invading your ear canals as frequently as you will allow us because we've got a lot to say and a lot of people to introduce you to. Thank you for joining us here at The Daily Second with your hosts Yehuda at the Pew Pew Jew and Nate at Jester's Tactical. This has been a We Defy production.